Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast and I am back with a fresh book series for you. This is for the entrepreneurs or the entrepreneurial at heart. You guys know how much I love fresh books. I use fresh books when I first started out and they have an all new version of their cloud accounting software now. Um, I've been using it and, and checking it out for a few weeks now. And it is so cool because you can um, track your progress. A lot of people don't even think about what are my business goals for the month? So uh, FreshBooks helps you put your put your goals together, um, helps you set up like your client cards. You can do all of your billing. You can create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Um, online payments with just a couple of clicks. And they have studies that show it gets you paid up to four days faster. So FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, all you have to do is go to freshbooks.com backslash my taught you and enter my taught you in the how did you hear about a section. Um, all righty. Super duper excited about today's podcast because I have one of my long time friends on the podcast. Amy Alisa Jackson. Um, Amy and I met, this is how we met. I started off as an assistant to the VP of music at a really hot PR agency several years ago. Um, Amy was interviewing Travis Barker for, I think, the sexiest issue, the sexiest people issue for People Magazine. And she met this phenomenal young woman who she felt like I had to meet. Amy and I went to lunch and the rest is history Well, (laughs) history. Okay. So, but I want to give them your stats too, before we start. So let me tell you about who Amy is. So Amy Elisa Jackson is the editorial director at glassdoor.com, the world's most transparent jobs and recruiting marketplace that is changing how people search for jobs. I have looked on there just because I wanted to know. She has been a journalist for over a decade, covering entertainment, lifestyle, and hard news for a variety of outlets, including People Magazine, Ebony Magazine, MSN, and Facebook. She is a proud graduate of Stanford University and Amy's personal, (laughs) Amy's, Amy's personal and professional model is a quote by the rapper Sugar Free. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited to have you here. So Amy has put together some notes for us. She has helped us because that's just what Amy does. Um, These are things business owners could do or have in place to be more press friendly. So Amy, when I looked at your notes, you said that the press um, and the media outlets are eager to promote your business and work. Like, I don't know if I think people know that. I think sometimes... um Small business owners, entrepreneurs um, overlook the fact that the media and press are excited um, to cover uh, up and coming businesses um, and new products that are out there. They're constantly trolling the web, constantly talking to friends um, and contacts about what's new, what's hip, what's live, what, you know, millennials are looking for, what they're excited about. Um, And so it's important that business owners know um, Mm -hmm. that the press and media are out there trolling and looking and want to cover them in digital outlets, um, in print publications, and even just to share on their social media accounts. But um, there's a huge market now to discover new and exciting businesses and products and kind of put them on the map. Um, But the you know, but the media can only do so much, uh, honestly, to kind of promote your business. And that's that's why I wanted to talk to your listeners today, because I think it's important that they know um, mm-hmm. that, that they have to do their part. Right. You have to do your part. I think a lot of people and I see this all the time. There there are a handful of people, Amy, that are constantly being featured in all these magazines. And I think people keep wondering, like, well, I do that, too. And maybe I do that better. But then when we when we go to look for you, you don't have a website. You have no photos. There's just so many things that you don't have in place. So they just keep going to the person who has it together. Correct. I think um, there are sort of these businesses that really have made huge splashes in a variety of different um, sectors and industries. And it's really because their their PR and their marketing is really on point. And it's just mm-hmm. a testament to the fact that um, PR and marketing are a huge part of business. So no matter how good your product is, it's only as good as your marketing. Right. I have to agree. So Amy has 8.4. 
eight points for us. And we're going to start with the first thing, the headshot. Yes. I cannot tell you how many times, Miley, um, I have come across an amazing business, an amazing company with amazing um, products, and the creator doesn't have a good headshot. Um, I'm not just talking about sort of the actor cheesy headshot. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about something that's compelling, that conveys a story or narrative around your business. Um, You need high resolution photos of yourself, preferably two to three options to service to the media. Okay. So I want to, a lot of people probably I've noticed don't know what high resolution is. And I want to say I could be wrong, but is it at least one megabyte? That is correct. And that's the easiest way to to know if you have a high resolution, it should be at least one megabyte. And don't go over the top. No. 15 (laughs) megabytes can't send an email. It's like, you know, don't. 15 megabytes gets your email deleted. You know, it's like. (laughs) Don't cause the box. Right. So the sweet spot is definitely one megabyte, two megabyte for sure. Mm, That's just fine. And then you said head only um, or full body. Yes, you should have some. You should have some options for, okay. for folks. Um, you should have a head only shot, something that's maybe full body where they can see mm-hmm. the full, um, your full look. Um, you kind of in a silhouette mm-hmm. is great. Or you in your business environment. Show us what your workspace looks like. Are you in an office? Again, right. like the variety of headshot is important because you want the narrative and the story behind your business to shine through. For example, if you're a clothing designer, um, have great shots of you in your work studio with fabric. Or Mm -hmm. if if you're a software engineer, have an awesome headshot of yourself at a laptop. Um, Some of my favorite headshots of myself actually um, are me standing in front of sort of a library of books because that's just what I love and that's what I'm passionate about. Um, So think about the ways that your headshot can tell a story um, and are more than just kind of like the cheesy, um, you know, actor headshots there. Your personality can shine through, but always keep it professional. Absolutely. And just so and I'll share some things about myself is that every year, every couple years, every year and a half, I do a just photo shoot. You know what I mean? It's like I I just have photos that are already taken and I have a great relationship with the photographer who I know will release the images, you know, for use in magazines so that if somebody wants to write a story about me and I'm traveling and I can't do a photo shoot, I'm like, I've got some really great photos um, that haven't been released that yet that you can use for your magazine. And now I'm getting the press because I've got good images, I've got options. Um, and it's just something that I put on my calendar. I'm actually doing my new shoot in a couple of weeks. It's just like, I need new images I've been using mine for a year and a half now. You reminding me that I need to get new headshots. <laughs> I was just on your hair. site and I still love your, your photos. I was just looking on your site. I love the way. Uh, but now that I have short hair, I've got to take true. new photos. <laughs> right. You're like, speaking so of which. Jot that down on my personal to-do list. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're like, let me get my new images. Okay. The second thing that Amy talks about that you really need is a clear story narrative. Uh, help us with that, Amy. What, what does that mean? That means you need to, as a business owner, really understand where um, you fit in the marketplace and what your story is. People Mm -hmm. and media outlets want to know what's the story behind your business. How did you get started? What Mm -hmm. motivates you? It's important to know and have your narrative like front of mind. It's kind of like an elevator pitch. Um, when you are meeting, um, and you know, a networking contact or you're trying to pitch yourself, um, in a professional setting, you need to know the who, what, where, when, and why, um, because media outlets want to know that and they want to have that very clear. Uh, so for example, you know, my leak, you have such a clear story and narrative around the Curlbox brand and around, um, you being empowered and being inspired by amazing women with curly hair and knowing that this is what was missing from the marketplace. Like that is kind of the through line for your entire, um, right. for your entire brand and presence. Knowing that it's very, very clear. Um, and that kind of inf- influences and impacts your web presence, your social media, the podcasts that you do. Um, and yes. so I think it's important for business owners to have that down and know what really makes them unique and special. Awesome. I'm so glad that we have you here today because I could have done this, but I was like, I was, I was thinking about doing this because I do the series typically alone, but I was like, I cannot do this without Amy because she's going, (laughs) she's going to help us. Okay. 
The next thing Amy says is that you need to have an accessible and polished website and I'm going to say and internet presence. And and I can definitely chime in on that. But I can't tell you. I mean, so now I'm on the other side of things where companies reach out to me because they want to be featured. And then the first thing I'm going to do is click on the link that you put in your email and the link is dead or the site is not uh, finished or is not together. And I'm just like, you, I don't know that you have to break the bank on this, but there is a way that you can have a really sleek and clean look and consistent presence too. Absolutely. Like Squarespace is accessible. You know, there's so many different Mm -hmm. platforms to create a web presence on. It's essential in this day and age, um, to have a polished website and internet presence. It's so simple. Um, people want to know clearly what your bio is, who you are and Mm -hmm. have contact information for, to be press friendly, you need to be accessible. Um, and media want, um, they want quick and if they can't find you, they will move on to the next one. And so Mm. it's about delivering, uh, you know, sort of like within the first few seconds of them discovering your brand, they should be able to Google, find you and contact you in a matter of minutes. If they can't, have lost out on an opportunity. Um, that is, that's, uh, that's so good because sometimes I'll be doing that too. You find somebody, you go, there's no way to reach anyone at all. And that's such a sad situation because of the fact that it's just unnecessary. Um, if you have an Instagram (laughs) presence and it's amazing, it doesn't mean anything if they can't contact you, if they can't reach out to you. And I don't mean like, you know, DM you random Gmail, you know, like have a polished presence, have it your, have your name or your business at Gmail or at, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, yahoo.com. Those are just some of the basics these days. Okay. So clear bio. And so people should have a bio written professionally, right? Cause I, I don't think people really like you. We sometimes try to write our own bios, but I think hiring someone to do this for you is worth it. Yes, it is absolutely worth it. Um, There are people who professionally do this. Um, You can reach out to uh, actual um, resume and biography writers on TaskRabbit or on Upwork.com. I've actually found some of the best writers through Upwork, which is a resource tool that I use to um, recruit freelancers in this space. Um, But it's all about enlisting experts to craft your brand as well as it can be, because you can't be a, um, an expert in every sense of the way uh, of every sense of the word. Um, you can only be an expert kind of in what you do in your lane, but it's important and imperative that you bring in the experts to help you, um, craft your brand and craft your strategy. Um, so that way you have kind of a press friendly presence, um, Mm -hmm. that people can really, uh, identify with. Uh, yes. Your next one I really love is that you said people need high res. And we talked about that minimum one megabyte product images. A lot of people are selling things online and they don't have high resolution product images that could be printed in a magazine, you know? Yes. Quality matters. It's really important to invest in um, photos that are taken of your product that look good, that feel good, and that convey that story and narrative behind your brand. Um, If you have these quality images available, any media outlet or press contact would be able to promote your company. Um, One of the ways that I suggest doing this is employing a photographer to do uh, a product photo shoot for you. And then once you select those images, have those and make those accessible in a Dropbox folder as opposed to kind of emailing a press contact or a journalist uh, images of your product. It's simple and easy enough to set up a Dropbox and make that link shareable. Um, You can also tie it to your web presence and your site. Um, And then kind of once you get the ball rolling, it's a, it would be great to kind of come up with a media kit and have Mm -hmm. sort of like, press images, um, and, and clips to places that have promoted you in the past, but also have that Dropbox share link. So that way, um, any other outlets could accept access, um, high res images of your products, of you, of your space, um, or any other assets or, or facets of your brand. That's really key. 
Yeah. And I love the point that you make to make sure that they are clearly labeled. So if you have like IMG underscore four, six, three, seven, like don't do it. Don't do it. Rename. Don't do it. Rename the images. Rename them and make them names that that uh, make sense to the outside world. Sure, okay. your product may be known as the Daphne in, in yeah. X, Y, and Z Kente print, and that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. But if it's not clearly labeled, someone may not know that that is you know from a particular collection. If you're a fashion designer, or yes. that it's a bowl or some sort of, you know, something clearly label these things and you can even put them into folders. So that way yes. the product images look one way um, or in one folder and then images of you, the business owner are in another folder, but Dropbox is your friend and it's so easy to, to access and share. Um, mm-hmm. So if you choose Dropbox or Google drive or box, whatever you do, just make them accessible and high res. And high res. And and just to give you guys a tip, you can do something like spring 17 underscore dress underscore Daphne, you know, spring underscore dress underscore, and then put another name. So that way, the easier you make it for somebody who's on the move, like a journalist, like Amy said, that's moving fast is like, how can I make this as easy as possible for them to cover me? Absolutely. And you want it to be easy for you as well, because when you're on the run as a business owner, you want to be able to, you know, grab your phone, send an image as easily as you can. You don't want to have to email so-and-so to get it or like, oh, (laughs) it was in this other folder and it's on my laptop. (laughs) And accessibility are key. And again, that goes back to the point of press want um, a quick turnaround time and they're on deadline. So you want to be able uh, to deliver in those uh, kinds of environments and make sure that it is your brand that's being promoted and included in some of these, you know, major publications. And everybody's about, you know, the top five, this, the top eight, that like you want to get on the list, like make them think about you all the time. Amy's next uh, point is respond, respond, respond. I cannot tell you, my leak, how many times as a journalist I have reached out mm. to businesses and brands wanting to feature them, wanting to include them, and never got a response back. They had an internet presence, they had a bio, they had contact information, and but no one ever answered. Um, wow. And especially on, during my days uh, as a the lifestyle editor at Ebony Magazine, this was a huge problem um, wow. because a lot of the brands were smaller um, that I wanted to feature and I just never heard back. Um, And that was, you know, kind of disappointing and it was a missed opportunity for that brand and that company. And so responding is key. And I know that that sounds like, you know, email one Oh one, but when it comes to being a business owner, yes, it can get crazy. And yes, Mm -hmm. it's, busy and it's overwhelming and you're fielding emails from everywhere. But it's important to remember that your presence and your marketing is only as strong as you are. And so keeping in mind that you have to be able to respond um, is is important. And um, it's also something that you should factor into uh, decisions around scaling your business and the size that you are. Sure, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of demand for your product or for uh, your resources, but can you handle the incoming? Can right. you handle the um, the attention? Sure, right. you want to be in Essence Magazine. Sure, you want to be on Refinery29, but yes. can you handle that as a business owner? Can you field those requests and fill those orders and field the press all at the same time? Mylik, I know you went through that in yeah. terms of scaling your business. It did. In the very beginning, uh, InStyle Magazine reached out to us. Like we InStyle Latina. Um, there were so many magazines and there was a time when I think InStyle was like, can we offer a discount to our readers? And I was like, no, no, you, no, you can't. Like I definitely am okay with the, with the press, but like, I can't take like this huge, I know if we even did that, we're going to be able, there's going to, I'm going to create a problem that I can't keep up with. So I think you do have to say, you know, I don't do a lot of press outreach at this time because we've been sold out for almost five years. And I feel like if you're saying like, look at me, look at me, and then somebody comes to your site and there's nothing there, you know, um, that's the thing that you have to keep in mind when you are doing press is you're saying if, if you're doing press and you're promoting a product, somebody, the first thing people are going to do is come to your site. It needs to be there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I've looked at something or found something in a magazine or online and then you go to the site and it's not there. And I get sometimes things sell out, but sometimes the stuff's not even there. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I think, you know, going to our point about responding, some of the, one of the tricks I would say, and that I actually employ um, at Glassdoor is sort of having responses ready and templatized. Thinking through the kinds of outreach and the kinds of emails that you are going to receive and then thinking through how you want to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, having those things templatized either on your laptop in a Word doc or yep. in a draft in your email yep. folder. Um, you can kind of think through how you want to respond to things so that you can yep. do it within 24 or 48 hours. Um, Absolutely. It's just it's important to, again, have those resources and be ready when press comes calling and think through who you want to respond to. Um, just because, yeah. you know, press outlets reach out doesn't mean you have to take them. Just like you were saying, my leak, um, yep. you know, InStyle reached out, but it wasn't the right time for you and your no. business. Um, right. And so no, thinking through that in advance is really important for, for business owners. Um, And then once you've decided perhaps your top 10 of Mm -hmm. outlets that you want to be in, thinking through, okay, what do I need to do and how do I need to prepare for when the New York Times calls? Um, Because the worst that could happen is that Essence calls or Refinery29 calls and you're not ready. Um, yes. So you want to think through who you'll say yes to. Maybe you say no to some outlets, but when so and so calls, you will be ready. Um, and that's yes. that's a matter of preparation. Yep. And just a tip that I do because I've been reached out to by the New York Times uh, several times for like a it's a story they've been working on for a while. But something that I do speaking of templatized is that I'm Team iPhone and and iPhone you have notes. So let's just say one of your notes is um, response to interview request. You know, if somebody just wants to interview you, you have a response that's saved. Those notes never go away. You do a quick search, you do a quick copy paste, and you're all done. A response, you know, press response, one note, press response for product, you know, um, product feature. So you can prepare, as Amy says, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. I keep various things in my notes for copy paste purposes. So when people are like, what's the mailing address to send you XYZ copy paste? I have responses ready in my notes right now. They, they show up on my, on my laptop. They're on my phone. I'm ready to go. That's a genius idea to keep it in your notes section. I think that that's perfect mm-hmm. and definitely a tip that I will take. Um, <laughs> usually it's like, yeah. it's funny I keep them on sort of my stickies on my, mm-hmm. um, my laptop or in sort of draft message folder. But I totally agree with you having them, um, especially things like your address, your phone number, yes. um, who so-and-so can contact for this. Yes. Um, yes. You'll start to, you'll start to get the same questions regularly mm-hmm. and you want to have those things templatized, not just for the outside press, but also for your staff and people who yes. work with you. Um, it's a genius way to kind of streamline your business mm-hmm. and um, prioritize your time. Yep. I love it. So of course, moving on to- into our next point, our next point is stay ready, which I think that like a part of our friendship is based in the fact that like we, this is something we've always had in common, like always trying to like be on our grind and have it together. So Amy's point six is that you need to stay ready. Yes. Having all of these assets, your high res images, your bio, your website, contact information, um, responses to potential um, press inquiries, all of that should be accessible at all times. I'm not yep. talking like on a fob or like your keychain, you know, downloadable USB. Right. no excuse for this to not be on your phone. Um, yes. And those kinds of things that are easy enough to do. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of Dropbox Mobile. I use it everywhere. I have it on every device. All of my email accounts run through there um, because it allows me to share files and folders very easily um, so that I have access to everything. I even have my email signature or my actual hand signature in case I need to sign a document (laughs) in my Dropbox so that I can cut, copy, and paste that. You know, there are there are apps that you absolutely should yes. have on your phone. 
Um, so yeah, Dropbox is one of those for me. Um, my Evernote app is definitely one of those for me. Um, yeah. Are there any like apps that you use, Miley, yes. that are key so to your for- business? Absolutely. I mean, I've been going through the airport and my accountant has reached out to me like I need this these documents signed for the IRS today. And I'm like about to go to Mexico where I don't know about the Wi-Fi. Hello Sign is is that allows you to use your finger to sign documents and basically send it back via email um, with or without Wi-Fi. So as long as you have like the 3G or whatever. So I use HelloSign. I definitely use Dropbox. Um, like Amy says, another thing that people, this is going to sound silly, but like having a sort of like payment app on your phone, um, you should be able to receive and send money uh, at any time. So I know that that is not press friendly, but I just thought I see it in my blue app. So I needed to let you know. Um, but those are just some of the things that I like for sure. Hello sign Dropbox. I'm scrolling through my phone right now to see if there's anything else that I use, but those two, um, for sure. So if somebody reaches out to you, you're on your phone, you have it covered, uh, right away. And another tip that I just want to give that's is super random is that when somebody reaches out to you to cover your product and they want you to send the product, you should overnight it. I do first overnight with a tracking number because that says I'm serious. You know, nobody wants you to snail mail. <laughs> you're going to snail mail an item. It's just like, you need to be very clear who you're sending it to attention. Don't just send it to essence, essence, attention, so-and-so first overnight, and then you respond, I can absolutely send it. Here is your tracking number. Right. And that's the thing is concise responses are key. No need to respond to someone who asks for a product and then say, yep, I'm on it. And then (laughs) after that, here's your tracking number. Oh, (laughs) that's your address. Like too much exchange. Um, You need to like, the part of having things templatized is also making sure you respond with the correct questions all Mm -hmm. in one. So if someone, even if someone is, you know, sending you kind of a short email, it sounds very casual and conversational, be concise in your emails. Sure. Happy to send you this product. Please send me your, uh, you know, your address, any attention to, and Mm -hmm. a phone number so that I can make sure to have FedEx overnight this to you. Thanks so much. You know, making it easy is really what it's about for, um, press mentions. It's very concise and and making it as easy as you can for the journalist. And then I just want to add something because I know this happens is that if a major magazine reaches out to you for a specific product, that is the product that they're covering. You do not need to send everything with confetti paper and all that. Like, it's just like, do not overwhelm them. If they're like, Hey, we're doing our gift guide and we're we want to cover this particular shampoo. Can you send it for photograph? Send that shampoo for photograph. Like don't, I know it gets exciting and people are like, I'm going to send them every product we make. And then we're going to gift wrap it and bow tie it and all that. It's like, no, you can do that when you're pitching things for a collection that's going to drop. But I feel like when a journalist reaches out, give them what they're asking for, have it clean, have it neat, but don't overdo it. Absolutely. So point number seven. (laughs) Point number seven is Amy says, be ready to be overwhelmed. Yes. Oftentimes um, business owners are so excited to get press. They Mm -hmm. don't realize that, the actual press placement, the actual article, the blurb, the blog post is really the beginning. It's not the final stretch. It's the beginning. So get ready to be overwhelmed. Um, One of the things that Malik uh, mentioned earlier is kind of being overwhelmed by, you know, or getting sold out, if you will, if your product is is sold out or not available, etc. You need to be Um, as on it as you can be about making sure that you have the inventory and the supplies available, but also the bandwidth personally to respond to the uh, inquiries that you're going to have that are generated from your press. Um, So prepare for this. This is something that will happen. So it will get difficult to manage the day-to-day business responsibilities uh, as well as sort of promotion and and Mm -hmm. marketing. 
So have a plan in place, whether that's having an assistant, an executive assistant to work with. Um, Or a part-time sort of PR person to handle this. Like, hey, I need you to stay on top of these particular orders or something. Absolutely. You need to recognize that as your business grows and as press comes, um, that the things that you did as a small business owner where your hands were in everything and you were doing everything might become harder to do. So you need to have a plan in place for that. Um, An example of this is kind of um, when products are featured in Oprah's magazine. I was um, just going to say that. Or yes, when they are when featured, Oprah touches it. <laughs> yeah, when Oprah touches it, but before it's even uh, published in the magazine, Oprah's uh, editorial staff reaches out and says, "Okay, we are going to feature this blanket or this food item. How many do you have in stock? How many are you going to make? Let's get that inventory in advance um, right. because they understand that now." Everything is not going to be Oprah's holiday wish list level of uh, of impact, but you should think through what uh, press placement means for your business and how you can scale. Um, and so if that means that you got press around your Etsy shop and this is really exciting, but you only make things custom and one off, you should really think twice about perhaps um, press mm-hmm. placement because That's you may not be able to scale that big. Um, right. So really thinking through your priorities um, is going to be key to to becoming either press friendly or knowing what opportunities to say yes to and which ones you may have to decline. Absolutely. And just some things that I do, giving you guys my personal tips is that I have my personal slash professional assistant handle Anytime people want to interview me about anything, all of those things are filtered through her or speaking engagements or anything like that. And she has a quick little um, sort of inquiry that she has that like, this is, I can give you everything right now. And if you need something extra, you know, she's ready to respond to give everything that you may need because if I'm on the road, I can't respond. And then I have another person who handles the uh, products. So Diana, if somebody come, you know, Essence reached out for something, Hey, Diana picks it up. You know, I, I just forward it. She picks it up and she knows what to do. So I know that it's difficult and people are, sometimes people just don't really know what do I outsource? How do I outsource? But if you're going to be featured in a magazine, if you're going to be on some, in somebody's gift guide, you make sure that you have a person in place who's ready to sort of catch these things. Because the last, the one thing you don't want, especially in the age of social media, and it's something that we deal with constantly, is the people will go right on your social media and say, you're cutting up. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they won't hesitate. Yeah, you do not want that kind of bad um, interaction or social media commentary happening around your brand. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is you don't have to say yes to everything, but you also don't have to say no to everything. Think about unique ways to make something work. So, for example, um, as a journalist, a lot of times I'll reach out to interview various CEOs or company executives and even if they're unable to do the phone interview or do something in person, maybe they'll say, hey, I can't do that in person or on the phone. But if you send over four or five interview questions, I can do it. So think right. through that as a business owner. Maybe you don't have the time uh, to you know, drop everything and do a phone interview or an on-camera interview. But you could reply with uh, email answers. And that's a great way of also um, of being accessible, saying yes to something, but also controlling the brand and controlling your voice. Um, you know, for those small businesses that are just getting started, email interviews are a absolute great way um, to still get your product out there, still get your, your story and your business out there, but still have some control um, because it's hard doing interviews. It's not easy. No, it's something that takes time and years of practice, yes. but you could say yes to the email interview. Um, and you're able to craft those responses. You can have a friend or your mentor look over your answers and then yes. send those off. And then you've got, you know, the press mention it's, it's a great way to still say yes to something. Absolutely. So before we get to our, um, 
listener questions, Amy says the last thing is to get clips. And what are clips, Amy? Clips are, um, well, the old school is you would cut out your press mentions from the newspaper or the magazine. Like literally you cut yes. them out and then you could laminate them, you know, but clearly we're showing our Which age. is what I used to do when I first started in PR, by the way. Your girl was doing Same real here. clips exactly and, and then faxing them to, and then faxing them to the client. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but these days it's a matter of taking screenshots uh, of your press mentions. Um, okay. there are a few tools online that I use, um, screen capture is one of them and it actually like plugs into your, um, your Google Chrome, which allows you to kind of take a full screenshot. Um, there are a few snap it is another one, but the point is, is you should ask all media outlets and the journalists who are interviewing you or reaching out to send you the links to the article story or video that features your work. As opposed to just keeping the link, because sometimes sites go down or sites close, things like that, you should use screen capture or use some Mm -hmm. of the other tools to download, save, and take a PDF or a JPEG of um, your press mention. Then you can add that to your your website, to a media kit. You can turn it into um, a slideshow. But the point is, is to capture these moments. These are huge for your business. Um, yes. And more. And each press mention can help you get another one. So it's important mm-hmm. to compile these press mentions in a folder. And you can keep that in your Dropbox as well. <laughs> Amy's like, um, she, you, hustle Dropbox. For drop, you hustle for exactly. Dropbox today. <laughs> But so, yes, you, when you yes. keep that in your folder, then someone reaches out and says, hey, have you been covered by other outlets? And you're like, boop, I got that link. And you send <laughs> of the press mentions in the clips. Um, so Absolutely. you know the link always works. It's high-res imagery. Um, but again, this is all about staying ready for your big press moment. Absolutely. And one tip, just so if you if you go to print a page, so if you're on the computer and you go like print this page, when that print screen pops up, you can go down to the bottom and instead of clicking print, you can just click um, PDF. It says like document, just click it to PDF and then you can save it as a PDF and it'll look like exactly like it would print from the website. So that is something that I do when I want to like, if I'm, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you buy something or you get something and they're like, print this receipt. Like I don't have time to be printing receipts because I'm going to lose it. But you, instead of printing it, I go as if I'm going to, and then I save it as a PDF. So that is something that you can do as well so that it looks exactly like it was featured on the site. Because like Amy said, links sometimes die. Absolutely. So yeah, they're, they're not working. Yeah. So, you want to get the full excitement. The full you want. And the, the copy, exactly. yeah, the copy paste is just not the same. So Amy, before we get into listener questions, I want to just, because I mean, you're always on point, but you have interviewed like everybody under the sun. And I want to know what was your like proudest interview moment? Who have you interviewed that just blew your mind? Wow. Um, I think one of the things I never expected, I knew I always wanted to be a journalist. That was always my plan. Mm -hmm. Getting to interview some true um, legends was never, I just never thought that, you know, a little black girl from LA. Right. Getting the opportunity to interview Muhammad Ali um, when he could still um, speak and talk and that was really remarkable. Um, that was in 2007 when I got to sit down with him uh, um, and interview him and he kissed me on the cheek and uh, child, that was just remarkable. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, yeah. Another time I was sitting backstage at the Emmys and Roots was being um, recognized and honored in a particular year. And I was sitting backstage in the green room with uh, Cicely Tyson. <laughs> and wow. It was just, I was completely blown away. And she asked me to go get her some more shrimp from the buffet. (laughs) Happily, happily Happily. walked over and got her some more shrimp and some more cocktail sauce. Because what else are you going to do if Cicely Tyson asks you that? Um, So, yes, those are some just remarkable moments. But also, you know, there are times um, of great pain. I got to interview some... Um, survivors of Hurricane Katrina, who were then oh. bussed out to Los Angeles, did not have much of anything except the clothes on their backs and their family members with them. And they um, were trying to kind of put their lives back together. So that was 
um, a humbling moment. So for every celebrity highlight red carpet moment, there are those hard news moments that um, really humble you and um, remind you of what it is to be a journalist. You're simply a conduit for people to tell their story. Absolutely. And just a random funny story. Uh, Back when Amy and I were both living in L.A. working, I, I remember not being able to wait for the, the times when there was going to be a big award show, Oscars, Grammys, because right. Amy would be on the beat to like spot celebrities eating <laughs> or drinking at restaurants. And so Amy had that good company card where we could just go and she would just be looking for people. But I ate the most fabulous dinners. Like we'd be at Mr. Chow just looking for Britney Spears. <laughs> Absolutely. Like Amy was absolutely supposed to be here. Of course. Yes. Amy would be like, girl, I got to work tonight. I got to, I got to look for Britney Spears. And even Jess would be like, I'm on the Britney beat. So we like, we can eat here. And I'd be like, I ate some of the best meals in my twenties. Um, with Thanks, to People Magazine. Thanks to People Magazine looking for um, spotted Justin Timberlake eating at whatever. I was like, I know because I was there and we saw him. So. <laughs> yes, the yes. was definitely paid off in the, culinary treats. <laughs> yes, yes, it did. Okay, so a couple of listener questions, Amy, and these are sort of like PR based, but I think that you can help too. You got it. So um, I had a listener who wrote me today and she says that I am an aspiring publicist. I say aspiring simply because I just haven't gotten my opportunity yet. December will make about two years since I graduated college and I've been having a really difficult time securing a position. I moved back to New Jersey last year to be closer to the city for a better pool of opportunities, which has been very gruesome to say the least. I have been able to get the interviews, but just not able to actually secure a position. And I'm really unsure of what I'm doing wrong. So lately I've been playing with the idea of freelancing and building myself up from there, which I believe I am capable of doing, but I am also nervous. Like everything else I have accomplished, it has been me teaching myself simply by faith and pure hustle. I have a strong desire and I am not easily swayed. So I'm willing to do anything to secure my dreams. I say all of this because I want to know where to begin. How can someone with only internship experience make a name for themselves? How should I market myself? What are some tips for developing pricing for services provided? So I felt like that was a lot, but I felt like, what would you say to someone like that? Especially because of what you do now. Yes. Um, So working at Glassdoor, which is a job search marketplace um, where you can research companies, research salaries, as well as cities that uh, are hiring and looking, you know, hiring great talent, especially publicists. I think that being flexible with um, looking at jobs at agencies would really help agencies. Um, and, and PR agencies in particular are great places to kind of get your foot in the door and learn about, um, doing communications for a variety of different clients. Um, I think, yes, entertainment PR is so exciting, Uh. but getting your feet wet and get, you know, um, getting your chops when it comes to kind of PR around lifestyle, mm-hmm. thinking about PR um, from sort of like events perspective or other industries definitely helps. Um, there are a lot of companies who are always looking for publicists and they may not be the glamorous, sexy companies, but they are companies that um, have great mentorship programs um, yeah. and will offer you the ability to take on some bigger tasks and challenges. And so I would definitely say looking at agency work and looking at um, other cities, cities Mm -hmm. like Seattle and Austin and Dallas, when you're young, it's easy to move. And it's easy um, to think about some of the cities that um, have like one, the cost of living is low and, and two, they um, have booming job markets. So really taking a look at um, where the jobs are and uh, opening your horizons to different industries to do PR in, I think would really help because you can always transition to, you know, to entertainment. You can always look at um, some of the more quote unquote sexy industries um, to work at, but you need to get the chops up. It's, you know, yes. it's and that's the thing. The basics. That's the thing that like, I really wish that people would understand is that, When I moved to Atlanta, like everybody had business cards that said that they were publicists. And the thing is, is that 
there is a formal, like there are some things that you need to know. I think people think that being a publicist is just getting placements, but it's, there are so many things that you could afford to learn by working at an agency. And it's like, you, you learn like uh, how to write and what to write, you know, like some things that people don't understand is like when I used to do red carpet coverage, which is something that entertainment publicists do. It's like, it's easy to walk Halle Berry down the carpet, but people are going to hire you to walk JJ, whoever. And it's like, how do I make this worth it for him? You know? So I used to go out to the carpet for, I'd be the first one on the red carpet making sure that I had a relationship with all the journalists talking to them and just saying, Hey, I'm going to have a new person here. Like, I understand that you may not use this story, but please talk to my client, <laughs> you know, but these are things that you learn by working in a really large agency, or at least working with people who already know this. And so I know that PR looks like something that you can wing because I think people think it's like an Instagram thing, but it's not. Absolutely. I totally agree. And like some of the chops that you get from working at an agency or in a corp comm, corporate communications um, team inside of a company are things that you can take wherever you are. Yes. That, it, like the core um, skills of being able to write a press release, understanding who the journalists are, knowing who covers what beat. Those are things that are invaluable and you can transition those no matter the industry. You could be covering biotech or yes. oil and gas and then switch into internet and switch mm-hmm. into entertainment. Um, but those core competencies um, can be honed anywhere. And I think really uh, expanding your options in terms of industry and location will be key. Absolutely. Thank you for thank you for that. And I, and I totally agree. Um, we have one more question, which is, is a little lengthy and I think you can help with this one too. Um, she says, my background is in marketing and last year, right before my 40th birthday, I took a leap of faith and decided to explore PR. I am now a PR manager for a full service ad agency. I love what I do and I truly feel it is a natural fit to get myself up to speed. I've done a lot of reading on the subject and I'm a natural relationship builder. My question is though, do you have any tricks of the trade that you think would be of value to someone coming fresh in the industry? I've heard you say in previous podcasts along the lines of companies not really understanding the way you work. I'll tell you about that, Amy. Um, as it pertained to being out of the office and building up those relationships, I'd be curious to know as to what you think makes for a successful PR manager. So something that I've explained in my podcast in the past is that like, a lot of PR is pure just relationships. And I think you know that as a journalist, a lot of your calendar is lunches, coffees, drinks, going to showing up at events and people not understanding that. But what do you think um, some things that PR people can do from, from your side of of the fence to, to kind of like make a name for themselves? I think um, a lot of PR people are so used to making their clients Um, the subject of stories and content and articles. Um, Mm -hmm. But more and more publicists uh, are starting to venture out into sort of writing as an expert, penning different articles or commentary for Medium or even on Glassdoor's blog, um, Mm -hmm. becoming an expert in the space and kind of offering advice and tips and tricks. um, To expand your brand is something that a lot of publicists can do because younger people and newer people to the game are looking for that advice. They're looking for mentorship. Um, So if you're writing articles on Medium or if you're um, giving an interview and offering tips on um, Glassdoor's blog or some Mm -hmm. of the other job search blogs, I think that's a way of extending your network one and extending your uh, industry expertise Um, Even starting your own blog um, is a great way um, to extend your brand impact and your imprint. Um, So that's something that I would say is something to do. And also considering um, speaking engagements. Think Mm -hmm. about ways that you can um, start speaking on panels, conventions that you can start attending. Um, I think uh, there are a lot of opportunities out there for publicists and for marketers in the industry to speak to trends, uh, to speak to like experiences that they've had um, either through uh, their work or personal lives. I think that, you know, doing some of those things and speaking engagements and and blogging uh, are two of the ways to really extend your brand. 
Yes. One of my sort of models and something that I don't know where I may have read this or taught myself over the years is that to never forget that you are a company of one, regardless of who you work for. I used to see so many girls, Amy, back when we used to work, that would be so hung up on like who they work for. So they would be throwing out the name of this company as a sort of like um, validation of who they are. It's like, that's great. I want to be, I want for people to start to know my name at this company. So he's like, okay, if you work at Google, it's like, that's Google's name, but you want for people to be like, if I'm calling Google, I need to talk to so-and-so. So at every company that I've worked at, I've always wanted to make sure that I made sure that my name, my leak was a strong brand. Even though I own my own company, I still work on making sure that my name is a strong brand so that no matter what I do, when you see my name attached to a project, you know, it's amazing. And like Amy said, I take the time, I write medium articles, I pay attention to my social media. Um, I make sure that I'm actively engaged because I I know how important it is to have a strong personal brand regardless of what you're doing. And it's not always like, I think some people think that they need to be like Oprah Winfrey. It's, it's not always that. It's just always making sure that um, people... Your, repu- your reputation is strong. So if we went back to some of Amy's tips, respond, respond, respond. I think people used to, reach out to me when I first started because they knew I was going to respond. You know, they knew that I was going to get back to them. And so I think that, um, Amy, you gave out like some super amazing tips that I think people can use. And I know that this podcast is going to help so many people make themselves like more press friendly. So I I thank you, Amy, for taking time out of your day, your day to do this because I know you are working. So (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Thank no, you. Thank you. I think that this is, I mean, I've always loved your podcast and I, thank you. I need, sometimes I need to pick me up and I need to remember this. So I, I have to fulfill my brand and, and mm-hmm. my personal brand. So thank yeah. you for everything that you're doing. And I hope that, you know, everyone who's listening, um, yeah, got something out of it. And yeah, yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed myself. Awesome. Thank you. So remember, you guys, you can use my FreshBooks offer, freshbooks.com backslash mytaught you.com. I'm going to be showing how to boss up for the rest of the year. <laughs>